Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Hi, folks. My name is Timothy Harvey, and this is H2O, and I'm sitting next to Mr. Jason Hunt. That would be me, yes. Who is the Lord High Mucky Muck. And we actually are sitting next to each other. We are, this, actually, this yes. Week. So any sound issues you have with this episode are your own problem. Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> last, yeah, because last week, last week was rough. Uh, yeah. No. Did you actually listen to the finished? No. I, I saw that I saw that there were sound issues, and I'm like, I don't even want to know. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, yeah. We're sorry. So yeah, I'm not uh, even going to post the video. We we when ugly. when we went to to video, obviously it it clearly works better if we're in the same room uh, because the sound is much easier to control yes. when we're physically here together. Um, you know, if we have to, if we have to do something remote again, we'll probably have to do it without video. Probably to save the ears of our listeners and well, viewers. <laughs> I, I I think one what, what we could do if we did that the next time is um, I've got a I've got a piece of software that allows us to record uh, a video call through Skype, mm-hmm. and I need to check and see if it's still current. Uh, the license might have run out on it, but I need to I need to look at that and see. But that might be a possibility on recording if we did something like mm-hmm. that again, because the way we did it, uh, picture picture wise, now it it was okay yeah. picture wise, but the sound on it is just mm. terrible. So I don't know if that's an artifact of the software we were using if we've got another piece of software that would that would work better but the the challenge with a lot of them is you're with, with something like say audacity mm-hmm. you're recording one side or the other you can't record both sides of the conversation so right. you have to yeah. go through a lot of manipulations and machinations and string this cord here and run this cord here and and uh it, you know in order to be able to get both sides of the conversation, mm-hmm. we ran into this all the time when we have people dial in for our other podcasts right. where, you know, it's all coming through the laptop. The laptop goes through the mixer. Mixer goes, you know, it's like <laughs> knee bone connected to <laughs> the right. thigh bone. So, uh, so yeah, but we are, uh, we are in the same place. In the same place. And it's a new place. It's a yeah, new space. It's a new we're, uh, we're, we're in the new studio here at the bunker. And, um, and we're still still settling in, still remodeling in the activity center to get that up and running for right. everybody. But, um, yeah. Now, uh, uh, one thing that you might have noticed besides – if you're watching this on video, of course, you notice the, 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 that it looks different. But there's also a difference in the sound because the opening that you normally hear, what, what, you've, what you've been hearing for – months and months and months and months you know the following podcast is brought to you by that's not here anymore right because superhero stuff uh after 120 episodes has decided that they're dialing back pretty much all of their podcast mm-hmm. sponsorships across the board they're they're rethinking some of their marketing plans and strategies and so uh, as of this episode they are no longer a sponsor of the show and we it's amicable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they're not. Uh, they're not sitting there saying we we can't stand what you did. Right. That that sound was horrible on that last episode. It was We're the last. It yeah. was no. It was the last episode. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're just being no, nice about it. <laughs> No, we're very, very, we're very, very grateful and appreciative of, of all their great support for the yes. last 120 episodes. I mean, that's uh, 120 episodes is a long time. It is. It is. Um, uh, Nineteen uh, February of 2014, I think, mm-hmm. is when that when that episode went. It was episode 15, and um, yeah, that was a long run. Yeah, no, we're very, very grateful. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Now, very, very much. Here's my next question to you, yeah. sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Since superhero stuff is no longer involved, yeah, are, are we still going to be weekly? Because <laughs> you remember that we went weekly we, because they they started true. promoting it that way. That's true. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's put that out to let's put that out to our our uh, listenership and viewership. Sure. Uh, if you guys want us to do weekly, H two O at sci fi for me dot com. Let us know. Do you do you continue? Because we've got a we've got a, st- a steady audience. Mm-hmm. We've got people that listen every week, uh, and I'm assuming it's more than the same two people listening over and over and over again. I'm, you know, 
And if it isn't, thank you for your dedication. <laughs> really. Um, so, but yeah, uh, uh, let us know. Does the weekly schedule still work? Because we're in the process here of thinking and rethinking. We're constantly adjusting and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what works best. Right. Uh, not only for our schedules and all of the other content that we're generating, but you know what's what's best for our audience, what's best for our listeners, what's best for our readers. And you know, if, a, lot of, a lot of podcasts are on the two week schedule that we started off with. Yeah, right. And we went to a weekly schedule, and it's been a lot of fun. And we're not saying that we don't want to do the weekly schedule. We're, Some of them are daily. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Some uh, of them are video daily. That's true. So oh, wait, they have money. Yeah, that's that's also true. Uh, but you know, obviously, we do this not only because we like hanging out and talking about this stuff, but the political season will be over soon. <laughs> yes, we actually do like hanging out and talking about this stuff. But the thing is, is that yeah, we also we do. do it for you guys too. So it's all it is the give and take. We we always think about the fact that we have an audience um, and what we are can hopefully bring to entertain you guys and entertain and inform. Yeah, the me part of sci-fi for me is actually you, right? So. There is that. All right. So we are recording just before Halloween weekend. Oh, Hallows Eve. Halloween is on a Monday this year. I know. What it stinks. Of, what, can, what can you do with that? I can't even wear a costume to work. I wouldn't wear a costume to work anyway. I your, do, your uniform is your costume. I know. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. What you should do is in the in the um, the back window or even on the, on the, <laughs> on the dashboard, yeah. put a baseball bat wrapped in. Oh, in oh, hey, yeah. <laughs> it's just... Well, considering the guy who uh, I actually wouldn't have minded that today, the guy who decided that that merging into my lane with me in it was mm. a good plan, um, and then got angry because I, you know, wouldn't drive into the semi that was on the other side of me how to make dare room you, for sir. it i know how dare you i am a horrible human being i feel bad it it would have Not just really. been a flesh wound <laughs> yeah right? well i was driving a jeep i suppose i would have you know no i would have been well, not even a flesh wound there, right <laughs> those things are built to crash right well right yes sure so speaking of flesh wounds and halloween yes uh this is our annual spooky ooky episode yeah and i thought what we could do because last last year we talked about just just spooky stuff in general just halloween stuff in Mm -hmm. general i think and this year uh talk about constantly adjusting content and and making differences and changes and whatnot on the site this year is our first halloween episode where we have horrorforme.com yeah and as part of that, we have recaps mm-hmm. of several horror-themed shows. Yes, we do. One of which just delivered a very, very, very hmm. <laughs> yeah, twist. No kidding. <laughs> the Exorcist, of course. Uh, we are doing. We're let's see. We're doing recaps of The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel Zero, Candle mm-hmm. Cove, which is on Sci-Fi, right? Uh, you guys have The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead over on Zompocalypse Now. Yes. Which is also available on iTunes and podcast.com. And then um, Scream Queens. Mm-hmm. What else? What else are we doing that's a, that's a regular recap of a horror show? We were doing American Horror Story for a while. Right. Carrie Evans had to, had to, had to uh, bow out for uh, uh, personal sabbatical for you know life and stuff as Is it, all it happens right now? um yeah i want to say that there's another oh no catherine's got van helsing right all right uh you've got winona Earp when it's on mm-hmm. so yeah there's quite a few uh we've talked about doing uh recaps for bates motel when that comes back mm-hmm. Uh, there's also, let's see what else is out there that's a horror show. Well, Tales from the Crypt is on its way. Mm-hmm. It's in development now. I think we're seeing more of them. And Dustin and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on, on uh, Zompocalypse Now. There actually isn't, well, we're seeing this explosion of science fiction and superhero mm-hmm. stuff. Ash versus Evil Dead. Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, while we're seeing this this recent explosion of that side of the genre world on television, we aren't seeing that much in the horror side. We're seeing more, mm-hmm. but it's not the same kind of just, it's everywhere. Right. Uh, the strain we're not currently covering. Uh, oh, that's right. Mostly because I think that 
It's a, it's going into its last season, is it not? Because no, it's, it's not very good. No. That's the, um, the there's also um, From Dusk Till Dawn, mm-hmm. the series right. on Netflix. Which spent most of a season recreating the first movie, which mm-hmm. is interesting. And and adding to it, as yeah, I yeah. understand oh, yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't they, watch they, it. They fleshed it out. And then you've got um, uh, Stranger Things, also on Netflix. Right. So yeah, I mean there there's there's horror stuff out there, and, and we are covering a, a good chunk of it, and we should be covering more. Oh, we definitely should. Um, there's there's horror films. In fact, I was just going through. I was just going through a lot of the the horror films that are coming out uh, in the last few months and the months months ahead, and thinking to myself, I really would like to be covering more of these. Yeah. So. Um, hopefully we're gonna we're, keep your fingers crossed. We hopefully we'll see more of that. We we had a neat opportunity to cover um, uh, some horror short films. And we're hoping mm-hmm. to do more of those. We just had a horror. Uh, uh, yeah, terror, ter- on, terror, terror on the Plains. Terror on the Plains five fifth year of it here in Kansas City. Oh wow! And a really nice program. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. Any uh, standouts? Oh yeah, yeah. There were some definite. Um, there was a political one which the audience reacted to very very well. Yeah. Um, which I think no matter which side of the political spectrum you fall on, there's a place for you to laugh as well as cringe. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it is definitely weighted to one side, but both sides, I think, can find a place to sit there and go, oh, yeah, I get that. Um, <laughs> but uh, we had a, uh, oh, yeah, the the stylist, uh, Jill Six. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. How's she doing? She's doing well. She's doing really well. She's She's produced some really fun uh punchy i mean they 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 hitch the, they're really really she's a really good filmmaker and writer for finding that moment that just all right you're coming along you're going along you're going along <laughs> and then you're like and then the audience just sits there and jumps back and then it drops uh-huh and it gives you a chance to breathe i mean she's she's got a really good style for that and this was I highly recommend it. It's making the festival circuit now, and I think it might be online. But if and you it's check called it out, the stylist. The stylist. Um, beautifully is it shot, like a, like a hairstylist. Yeah, type yeah. Horror that's thing? The, the basic premise is a stylist who has a client, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> because, but it's beautifully shot. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful short. I mean, it looks gorgeous. Was what was the one she did? Was it last year or the year before last? Was it called Call Girl? Call Girl. Uh, two years. It was two was years. It two ago. years ago. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Where does the time go? It's really short, and but it is. But that see, it's got one of those. Oh jump, yeah. Jump out at you moments mm-hmm. at the end. That yeah. No, you know, I and I highly recommend that. That you, one I also believe is online. You think you're watching one type of film? And oh yeah. It completely a, turns into something else. Just wow. Yeah, and I think that was really her her breakout uh, short yeah, film. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a a trailer for uh, Patrick Ray's new feature that he directed, mm. um, which I think it's called Exposure. I think. Okay. I have to. I, I'm. I'll. I'll. We'll make a note of it, and I'll we'll make sure it's in the notes. Kendall was telling me that Nailbiter was mm-hmm. making the syndication rounds again. Apparently, it was really? on Chiller, Chiller, or one of the one of the cable channels mm-hmm. here not too long ago. He saw it listed uh yeah so. uh nailbiter i'm actually in nailbiter are you really yeah although you can't the only shot of me you could that's still in the final cut wow. is you can actually see my hand doing like this with claws on it <laughs> so it's, it's it's you know um which is unfortunate because they did a really great makeup job with me uh-huh. they, they had a full face uh-huh. prosthetic that made yeah. me look like one of the monsters in it and and I still have the prosthetic. Yeah. And for a while, I had it sitting on the counter at my old apartment, and people would come over and they'd be like, "Oh," <laughs> <They'd> be like, <laughs> and I'd pick it up, and because it's that great, it's a it's the kind of um, appliance that moves. Oh, so you have some. Right. You have your, right. It, you couldn't do. A, I couldn't move a whole lot in because just because the way it's just enough. Right, but just enough. Yeah. But it's so it's soft, and it's, mm. br- it's pliable. Yeah, and so it's just like really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think because now it is the Halloween season. Mm-hmm. You've got all of these Halloween shops everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And they're all selling skeletons. Mm-hmm. And remember that idea that we yeah, had for oh, the yeah. red shirt? Sure, yeah. Now I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to put, put it. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Where? Well, you, where swap them out, you swap them out with the suit of armor. Oh, yeah. Well, see, because if, well, see, if, we, if, uh, we, if we make them a red shirt, uh-huh. 
he could be out all the time. That's true. Well, you, because, could, you could put him on the other side with the suit arm and move the <laughs> lamp, and then yeah. you give the, the, the mountings there. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's it's just you know, right now since you know there are so many uh, you know so many of them that are selling skeletons. There is one right around the corner from from one of the hospitals I I stop in at, and I keep meaning to go in because it's one of the giant stores. You know, it's the you know the Walmart sized. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's there's one of those down the street. I live kind of in fear of walking into these places anymore <laughs> because, well, with the explosion of all the genre stuff out there, you get all these costumes, mm. and some of them are really cool, and some of them are just awful. Yeah, and you can I, go to the Se- internet. Sexy Rick Dr- Rick Grimes. Oh, God. <laughs> it exists. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, I actually saw. Who did I see? Um, one of the cosplayers that I follow. Uh, she did. And I can't remember. It, it was. I don't think it was Crystal. Um, might have been. Might have been Jessica Negri. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. One of them out there has has a has the sexy Rick Grimes. You know the gender bent Rick sure, Grimes. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, but but it, it, but it doesn't her, look store bought. It, yeah, it, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. it looks. She built it. Yeah. She built it. So I'm I'm a little there I'm a little more inclined there. to give the folks who build their own um, costumes based on that that. A, a lot more leeway than the store bought ones. Not to not not to knock some of the really. There's some really good store bought ones. Some, but some of the the whole sexy dot 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 thing. <laughs> um, sexy werewolf. And I realize, okay, I am a forty six year old guy, uh. and um, and it's a little bit like you know you it, it's you get off their lawn and it's me like pull up your pants and yeah. put some clothes on. Um, oh, I, I've 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 said the pants thing, but. <laughs> Some of them are just. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't have a problem with with sexy cannibal. <laughs> I don't know, like, you know, sexy zombie. Well, okay. Well, I mean, Dustin. Dustin once again on to this week's episode of of Zompocalypse now points out just how pretty the the fine young cannibals were. There's a reason we call them the fine young cannibals. Mm, is that the mm, yes. all the cannibals on The Walking Dead that whole sequence? It's like these are amazingly attractive flesh eating humans. Yeah. Um. It's like what are they? They get them from Abercrombie and Finch catalog. What's what's going on here? So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's some of the costumes are very inventive and clever, but I'll, so many of the the sexy whatevers are just they're the lazy. Whatevers. Yeah, I mean, they're lazy. Well, they're cheap. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's kind of like you know, oh, quick, you know, put her in put her in stockings, and it's like da da. It's like no, it's like be inventive. <laughs> um, and I, I say that, and we had the uh, the the. Uh, we had a Halloween party I went to last night, uh, tied in with terror on the planes, and I wore my default Halloween costume, which is I've got a lot of nineteen forties stuff. Film so noir, was, yeah, film noir. Yeah. So I was, you know, Sam Spade, fedora, yeah. yeah. Although I did, have someone asked me if I was a reporter. I was like, yeah, sure, oh, okay, sure, yeah, Clark Kent, <laughs> Clark Kent, Daily Planet. You know, you should have, you should next next time you do the noir. Mm-hmm. Have the Superman shirt underneath, just in case. But I would need to get the Superman shirt that's the nineteen forties. Well, I mean, Lo- the, well, the nineteen forty you know, shield. Yeah, you the, get, the you know the old animated. If you can find one, well, I don't know, I probably yeah, have to make, it. make it. But, but that way you have it just in case. Oh, sure. And if somebody says, you know, if somebody, you know, are you a reporter? <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, I was I was uh, listened to a lot of audiobooks because I'm in the car so much, and uh, I just got the new one from. Kim uh, Kim Newman, um, which is essentially cross the Phantom of the Opera with Charlie's Angels, and it, <laughs> oh, okay. and it actually works. Does it? Really? It's Angels Angels of Music is the uh, okay. is the name of the name of the novel, and I actually so Charlie it. is the Phantom. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, um, okay. and Bosley is the Arab from the novel, okay. Okay. and the. Kim, Kim, there are three Christines, I guess. Well, Christine is Christine is one of the angels, but basically, it's much like the TV show Rotated Angels. Mm. Over time, the angels change, gotcha. and one of the things that Kim Newman does is he's one of those authors who l- think League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. In in many ways, he's best known for his Anno Dracula series of books, where basically, oh, okay. uh, Dracula the, the, meets a lot of different historical right because yeah, the basic premise is, is that Dracula won at the end of the novel. And ends up at Buckingham Palace and turns the Queen, and suddenly the British Empire is the the empire which the sun never rises. Oh. And being a vampire is a way to get ahead. 
yeah. in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> but over the course of the novels, he takes it up through the 60s. And mm, I think maybe, yeah. it might even go up to the, to the 70s, but at least through the 60s. Um, and Dracula Cha Cha Cha, which is the third book in the series, is set in Italy. Mm. And uh, Dracula has been presumed dead, and then he's, he appear, apparently is alive. Clark Kent is a character. Oh, fun. Yes, he's, he's the reporter from Kansas. He's never actually called right. Clark Kent, but right. it is like it's like it's, it's like when when Clark Kent and Lois Lane show up in Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, and there's there's for those of you who follow such things, there are certain characters that are definitely much in the public domain. So if you want to write a Sherlock Holmes story, it's actually really easy to write a Sherlock Holmes story. You, well, it's really it's not easy to write a good one. <laughs> yeah, I was about but, to say, but it, it, he's a character that you can no no one's going to sue you if you use Sherlock Holmes. Well. They tried. Yeah, they 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 might try, but in the U.S. Well, certainly they, they will. Yeah. yeah. Um, but certain characters you can't actually use without giving somebody some money. Clark Kent is one of those characters. But if you don't name them and just describe them down to the last mm. molecule, where it's obvious it's who it obvious is, who but it is. we're not saying nudge, nudge, exactly. Wink, wink. So uh, Newman, Newman, and and a lot of those authors are really really good at weaving their way through that minefield. Yeah, uh, Greg Cox. Uh, we've interviewed him a couple mm-hmm. of different times. He writes uh, he writes tie-in fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, currently, right now, he's been doing a lot of stuff for the librarians. Right. But he did a he did a two book set on the rise and fall of Khan Nudian Singh. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the first one especially is is just loaded with pop culture references mm-hmm. uh, all the way through because Roberta Lincoln is still there. And Gary Seven is mm-hmm. there. Sure. And the premise is basically Gary Seven goes in because, you know, there's this influence uh, behind the scenes. Basically, the eugenics wars, according to the way that Greg wrote the books, the eugenics wars actually still happened. They're just, They're just behind the scenes, right. under underneath. The it's, secret, the, it's the it's shadow the se- government. It's the secret of history of, yeah. the, of the 20th and 21st century. And so everybody's in it. Uh, you know, uh, Jamie Summers. When Jamie mm-hmm. Summers shows up, it was one of those things. Like, oh, that's Jamie Summers, <laughs> and you don't you don't get a name, right? Yeah, you know, you know, with, so with some of these, you don't get a name. Um, the Equalizer, mm-hmm. because Gary Seven, of course, was played by Robert Lansing, mm-hmm. who was control who on, was control on the Equalizer, right. and so they basically he Gary Seven is control, right? And so the Equalizer was one of his operatives, very much like Roberta Lincoln was. Mm-hmm. And so that's how they turn it. It's, it's, it's just a brilliant piece of just dropping in these little bits and pieces throughout the whole thing. He, he brings in other characters mm-hmm. from the movies. Um, uh, the guy, uh, uh, Nichols, Dr. Nichols, who comes up with transparent aluminum. Oh, yeah. He's, uh-huh. part, he's part of the design team that created that that turns this submarine into a sleeper ship to get rid of these people oh okay sure okay all right and um uh uh, uh the sean christopher yeah yeah you, you had you had uh captain christopher oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah, airplane okay. pilot right, right, yeah. his son was supposed to go to jupiter or mm-hmm. mars or whatever well sean's in that book too mm-hmm. as an air force guy it's before he goes to Saturn. He's part of that des- development team as well. Oh, okay, sure. Jillian Taylor shows up. Mm-hmm. I mean, all uh, there's all sorts of stuff. In addition to the regular historical events mm-hmm. that actually really happened, then you've got all of these little pop culture things that are peppered through. Well, so, and you know, I think that it's it's always fun when that kind of thing happens. There are Cox does it really really well mm-hmm. uh, in those books, especially. Uh, I've talked about Tim Powers before, mm-hmm. who is yeah. who's done who does on Stranger that. Tides on Stranger Tides. Declare. Um, is uh, Cold War with genies, um, oh. or, or or the creatures that we call genies? Um, you've got uh, Stress of Her Regard, which is, and, and uh, I believe it's Bury Me, Bury Me Among the Graves. No, I think that's not right. But he's got there's a sequel. There's a sequel out to mm-hmm. um, the uh, Stress of Her Regard, and it's. The poets, the Byronic poets, Byron, Shelley. Oh, sure, uh, right. With the creatures that we consider to be vampires. And it's, so he mixes in the historical, the actual truth of history with really interesting, demented, kind of monstrous events that happen. Uh, Of course, uh, you know, things like uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Penny Dreadful did the same thing. And 
and which again, Penny Dreadful is the closest we've ever got to a properly of extraordinary gentleman adaptation. So far, so far, I have fingers crossed. They're still I mean, talking it's, about it. It's, I, don't, uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't heard anything since no, the initial announcement. Uh-uh. There hasn't uh, been, an, there hasn't been any news in development, quote unquote, air quotes there. Um, I don't well, know. I think they are. You potentially run into the same problems that we've been talking about, which is some of these characters. A lot of the, a lot of what they did in the comic was take these characters that were public domain Mm -hmm. and then run with them or sit there and, and you could draw someone who was clearly a reference to another character who wasn't public domain, but they'd look just different enough and they would never be named. Yeah. So you could get around it. It's harder to do that on television. Um, so I mean the, and the rules are a little different. So, um, I can understand them trying to work their way through the legal minefield. We'll get it about the same time we get Bucky Raganza. (laughs) <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know that uh, that makes me that makes me sad <laughs> thinking about Buck Rubanza. It's not over. Well, no. Well, that's true. If if they go back, basically, if they take it back to square one mm. and they just start over, they say, okay, all of this just goes away all this legal you remember in in uh what was it uh beverly hills cop 2 gilbert godfrey mm-hmm. he plays the accountant yeah, yeah. The bing. i have something over here I, I have i have what over here then i have something over here and you just forget about this one over here i just i'll just, I'll just give you this one and you just forget about this one this uh, this mm-hmm. goes you know yeah, yeah. so i i think I know that was a terrible government <laughs> conference. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you have, um, you know, all of the powers that be, if they agree mm-hmm. that, okay, back to square one and we start over from scratch mm-hmm. based on the original contract because of what actually got sold to MGM or not. Right, yeah. Then I think maybe eventually you get through it. But I... It's going to be such a legal boondoggle. I, yeah. Yeah, my kid may graduate college before we get a <laughs> Buckaroo Bonsai. Hey, uh, at least uh, you know maybe we're still going to get it though. But I think I think unfortunately League of Extraordinary or League of Extraordinary League of Extraordinary use yes. the words gentlemen. gentlemen yes, use your uh, words. Is is it kind of? In, I, I suspect it's kind of in the same boat. I'd like to be wrong, but yeah. um, I'm also. I guess my biggest concern is that they're going to make the same mistake they made with the film, which is thinking you have to Americanize it. Oh, right. And well, it's like what they're doing with Dirk Gently, um, because uh, uh, Angie uh, Angie Fiedler Sutton just did a recap for mm-hmm. the first episode, and one of her quibbles that she's sitting there going, "It doesn't really." Too terribly harm it, mm-hmm. but why they why they put it in Seattle? Yeah, you know it's that kind of thing. So well, and I think there's there's this idea, rightly, wrongly, you can argue it pretty much any way you want, uh-huh. that because your larger audience is American audience, yeah. um, and for some of these things, you're looking at stuff that isn't you're not even taking into account the the question of a Chinese audience, which of course is a huge market that everyone's aware of. Right. Um, some of these things just don't translate well. Um, well, and, it's, like com- and, it's like comedies going overseas in other languages. A lot of times yeah. the humor just isn't cultural. Well, and um, American audiences get British humor to a certain extent. Oh, sure, sure. Well, yeah. and there's also this assumption that American audiences don't get British humor, which has been proven wrong over and over and over again. You know what I need to get? More coffee. More coffee. Yeah, we'll get some yes. more coffee. We will, we will do that, and um, we'll take a break. <laughs> I know, it's going to be so like, weird. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Go to SuperheroStuff.com anyway. Uh, we like them. They 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 got cool stuff. Yes, they've been, good, they've been a good friend to us. Yes, they have, and we appreciate their support. We wish them well, mm-hmm. uh, and we have told them the door is always open. So of course. you know, if it looks like uh, there's going to be uh, an opportunity for another partnership at some point in the future, then we'd be happy to have them. Be back. happy to have them. So, all right, we're going to go be happy to get more coffee, and we'll be right back. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi For Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. 
those we have on our list anyway, and that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope, atomiccotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at atomiccotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. This is Dan Handley, inviting you to join me for live tweets during Once Upon a Time Sunday nights. And don't miss our recaps only on SciFiForMe.com. Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. Hello. The Halloween edition. There's no spookiness about no, 135. there's not. There's no. Um, yeah, I kind of did. Because you and I do this anyway. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this stuff anyway, so it's 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 not hard for us to sit there and go push record. Although now, in our in our new configuration, I'm I'm not leaving everything out anymore. Right. Yeah. Because uh, when we were in the old space, I used you know leave all the microphones and all this all mm-hmm. the cables and everything strung out, and um, trying to be a little bit neater, a little mm-hmm. bit more contained. So whenever we get done recording, I can, you know. Coil up all of the cables and the microphones. Sure, put it, sure. Actually, put things away. Right, <laughs> there's a spot. Everything, you know, there's right, a right. place for everything and everything in its place. You know, so uh, from that standpoint, <laughs> it's a little bit more. Okay, well, but even yeah. so, we yeah, I, I could, I, I, I was not too worried. I mean, we we enjoy this, so yeah, I could, you know, guess doing it whether or not. Well, we'd be, we'd be doing it whether or not we're recording or not. We'd be having these discussions. Yeah. Uh maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not in some of the depth we have them. You know. No, probably not. What do you think of the What do you think of the Exorcist twist? That it's actually a sequel. Mm-hmm. I kind of <laughs> like it. Yeah. Well, and and I'll, t- and I'll tell you why. Because, all right, the Ghostbusters that came out this summer. Mm. Okay, perfectly fine Ghostbusters movie. Not great. Not anywhere near serviceable. Yeah. Well, yeah, and no. and and I think in many ways we we tend to forget that the first film. There's a, there's a whole lot of nostalgia and emotion tied in with the first film. I loved, you know, the first Ghostbusters film. But we also remember oh, yeah. that the second one was kind of not very good. Right. Okay. Not as good. So yes. this is a perfect... If this... I think a lot of people would have been much, much happier with the female cast Ghostbusters if it was a sequel. If it was overtly a sequel. Right. Because there's hints that it's a sequel. But yeah. there's also hints that it's not a sequel. It's confu- It's It's kind of got a bit of a confused identity. It doesn't know what it wants to be. I enjoyed the film. I laughed. I, I, I was entertained, but it but it's not... I mean, it was also right. one of those things where I was well, like, you know... Well, plus, you know, we saw from the marketing that Sony didn't know what they wanted it to be because the very first the very yeah. first trailer was uh-huh. 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, it's a sequel. Yeah. And then it wasn't. And right. we're like, wait, wait, I think, what? Wait, huh? I think it, there's something to be said for recognizing the universe you're playing in mm-hmm. and then running it. Ash versus the Evil Dead works in many ways because there's the acknowledgement that he's gotten older. Yes. And that he's, you know, there's something kind of ludicrous about a guy in his 60s running around trying to save the world and trying to be, you know... With a chainsaw strapped to his arm. But also trying to think that he still think he's the ladies' man he never really was. (laughs) You know, I mean, there's... So it it, Lothario I, it makes the show work you know in a lot of ways because you recognize the history and you're riffing on it mm-hmm. to for the exorcist to sit there and look back at that that film and recognize that it is um, it's a world worth playing and I think it, it you're telling the audience that we're respecting you because you're a fan of, the reason you're even watching this show is because of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I highly recommend Exorcist Three, the the third of the films. Ignore Exorcist Two. Richard Burton, amazing actor, terrible film. Now, Ex- Ex- Exorcist Three is more of a direct line from the it's first. It's a direct one, though, line right? from the first one. George yeah. C. Scott, yeah, is in it in one of his few horror film roles. 
notorious, notoriously studio tampered with. The ending has got 10 minutes of tacked on things that were shot after principal photography wrapped because mm-hmm. the studio was like, we're confused. <laughs> and uh, we would what like, happened with suits? I would love actually someday to see, and it's the the footage as far as we can tell is completely gone. But we would love some a lot of people would love to see the actual original ending. Mm. Um, but and William, William Peter Blatty, the writer of The Exorcist, directed the film. I mean, it was his, and then the the novels worth picking up, certainly worth picking up as well. But um, it references the whole the whole plot is that the events of the first film had consequences and that things things didn't just stop once the credits rolled. Sure. And I think there's something to be said for recognizing that acknowledging the source material is mm-hmm. is a good thing. And so The Exorcist, like, all right, guys. All right. And, and it's not a bad show anyway. I mean, you know, it's, an, it's a... Right. I think it's a well-made show. It's, they didn't have the same mistakes that they made with, like, Damien. Oh, yeah. Where... Gee, who knew who knew the Antichrist could be so boring? <laughs> Dear Hollywood, the devil should be the most entertaining person on the screen. Well, how many how many times have you complained about that with Lucifer? Well, the problem with Lucifer, and I, I have to say that Lucifer uh, and and folks, I'm very sorry for being behind on my Lucifer recaps. I've just been really really busy. I'm hoping uh-huh. to rectify that soon. Uh-huh. I know, I know. He he's reminds me periodically. Like it's my all, job all the time. That's what I do. It is his job. You know? Um, fearless leader is that the first three episodes of the season were the same I had the same problem really that I had with the first parts of the first season is that it was more soap opera Uh, than anything else Um, as uh, there there were glimpses there were moments Mm. um, where they'd be they'd throw something out there and be like "Uh and then be like oh let's talk about Chloe's love life no let's not talk about Chloe's love life Um, you know why is Lucifer still so unself aware blah you know the things that ticked me off yeah but there have been some shifts and some stuff they're playing with, and especially this most recent episode, I think, potentially can bring it back. There's a model for Lucifer, and I am always going to be a little bit annoyed that they, they're not willing to play with some of the bigger themes that the Vertigo series did. And I get it because it's a TV show with a budget. Right. But there were... The arguments about free will and predestination and good versus evil and the things like that, that the comic book were able to do and make Lucifer such a compelling, not exactly hero of his own story, but at least yeah. But that's but that's that's story stuff. That's script. That yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have to blow your budget with that kind of a, dis, a discussion of those topics. Well, it shouldn't. Depending I think, on how it's handled. I think that that they made a decision to play Lucifer, and and I and I enjoy the show. Don't misunderstand. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoy. I mean, I. <laughs> for all that I can complain about it being a soap opera, I watch it every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like the show. I like the cast. They're doing a fine job. Um, Tom Ellis is very charming and very pleasant as Lucifer. And okay. it's, he's he's fun to watch play the part. But there's always going to be that part of me that says, you are the first of the fallen. Yeah. You are the Lord of hell. How can you be this oblivious to your own nature? How does that work? I mean, dense. No, he's just he he. There's a constant undercurrent of him not quite understanding how humanity works, and and being able to recognize his own failings in a way that you're going, okay, if you've been tormenting humanity for as long as humanity's been around, yeah, really, you know how humanity works at this point. So I don't know, but Mm. again, it's still fun. But it's not horror in the sense that I mean, there's every now and again there's a moment of horror, but it's not something like Penny Dreadful or Walking or Dead, Walking Dead, or you know Exorcist or Bates Motel or any of these shows where it is, you know, the horror aspects are front and center. I mean, for all the fact that I think American Horror Story has been a very uneven show, um, <clears throat> some some seasons have been quite interesting, uh, and they've been willing to go certain places. For the most part, you know, uh, television horror. Oh well, okay, Hannibal. Hannibal for a while there was probably the the best horror show on television because they are willing to show the monstrosity of you know your one of your two main characters is a serial killing cannibal. Charming though he may be. Yeah. Um. The new well, the new uh, 
<sighs> the new Doctor Who spinoff class, the first two episodes have aired in the UK. They will not air in the States until April. Mm. Oh, they've also aired in Canada, by the way. How did Canada get them and we don't get them? Uh, well, they, the Queen's still on their notes. Ugh. They're still, they, you know, so it's, well, there, there's actually, there's a long history. <laughs> there's a long history of British television making it over to Canada. Um, yeah, so we are going to get, very soon we're going to have a spoiler light. There's no way to do it spoiler free. Spoiler light reviews for the first two episodes of uh, Class. Class has got a lot of horror elements. Yeah. Um, and it is surprisingly gory. Really? Yes. And I actually... I think in one of the episodes it works really, really well, mm. and one not so much. But it is for those of you who are thinking that class might be torchwood for teens. Oh, um, it's yeah. not torchwood for teens. It's actually, in some ways, it's darker yeah. because now, it's high schoolers. Just, just so we can be clear here, mm. just so we clarify, because some people may be wondering, mm. um, given that we are a news site. Yes. We have access to the press sections of various different networks. Mm -hmm. uh, they they have media kits and press sites and you know stuff that behind the scenes, under the hood, inside baseball stuff where you know we can get all the photographs and video clips and and that sort of thing. So uh, as much as we can avail ourselves of screening rooms mm -hmm. from the yes. networks, that's how we're able to see a lot of this stuff. I'm an episode ahead on Channel Zero for those of you who. Are watching Channel Zero and loving it. How's that now. doing? How's how, how story wise is that holding up pretty well? Oh yeah, um, I have to say that it's there's these the first two seasons are only six episodes each. It's very much the British model. I think it works really well. See, I didn't realize it'd been on that long. Well, it's only there. The we got three more weeks of the show. Okay, so I think they're episode three right now, uh, or maybe I think this mm. was this week episode. I have to look at it again. It's that, that's actually one of the problems with watching screeners. Is that you're yeah, not you watching track every, which one's which? And you're like, wait, what week is this? But it is a genuinely disturbing show, and mm. I, I have someone who has not been scared by a horror film since I was twelve. Alien, by the way. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I saw Alien after I saw Halloween. Halloween was the last horror film that, that terrified mm. me. The original Carpenter, yeah. uh, and the very first one. Um, I like yeah. Rob Zombie's music. <laughs> sorry sorry rob i love your music um you've made one great horror film as far as i'm concerned but keep going and which one was that uh i'll see now i'm gonna it's not house of a thousand corpses the next one the hills have eyes no no the hills have eyes. He, didn't, that was, he didn't do the hills have <laughs> eyes. Not, no see, no no okay just just so everybody is clear I'm not a big horror fan. Right. Yeah. I let other people handle the horror stuff because I, I, it just has never appealed to me at all. Alien, right. Alien is probably the closest that I've come to actually sitting there and watching and enjoying a horror film. Well, and I think I think one thing that you have to bear in mind is that is that horror and science fiction are are tied in together really well. I mean, H.P. Lovecraft, of course, the 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 found in many ways the the founding voice in American horror yeah. um, was you know his Cthulhu mythos is science fiction right so they're alien they didn't they're to start out that way but yeah, yeah no it, yeah. but then but he did that to himself I mean he created sure. he he moved it over from from existential horror over into science fiction and so there's a long history of the two genres moving together I mean if you look at uh, um, Oh, goodness, Forbidden Planet. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not just a riff on Shakespeare, but it's also got horror elements, and it's an invisible demon monster coming to kill you. Uh, Godzilla is a is a monster movie, right. and all monster movies, by definition, are horror films of a kind. You could right. argue very strongly sure. that, that not all monster... I can see that. <laughs> not all monster movies are scary, mm. uh, to be sure, and I would say the Godzilla films when done well, are scary on a, on a, a mental level. Right. Uh, very rarely are they going to be too scary. And possibly because it's just the, the, that's an example of the history working against you. Because Godzilla spent so much time in the public consciousness as being almost a cuddly monster. Yeah, mm. sure, he destroyed Tokyo. But look, he saved us from the monsters. Yay, Godzilla. Yay, Godzilla. Um, 
that when you try and take him back to the roots of the character, that, that force of nature, that, that dangerous stand-in for, radio, for atomic power, um, you've lost some of your punch because you've had 30 years of a guy in a suit. You know, so... And we missed... I got reminded mm-hmm. because the youngling... Did you go see it? Shin Godzilla. Oh, that's right. Was we out did. for yeah, yeah, yeah. three, what, three days out here in the United States? Yeah. I, I, if we will I have to catch that on. Right, did it, is, it, is it coming to home video in um, the yeah, States? Yeah, it is. It's got to. It is. It has to. Well, you're not going to you're not gonna bypass that market. Uh, Devil's Rejects is actually Oh, the, okay, okay. Uh, so if, you, if you've never not seen Rob Zombie's Devil's Reject, I highly recommend it. It's a crime movie as much as a horror film. Yeah. And I and it's really well done. Um, but I'm not, I, I can't, his Halloween films are not. It's like ev- the, you it's don't like the remake to- of Psycho. Okay. So, no, no. Because the problem with the remake of Psycho is that. Aside from it being completely unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so the, okay. That is, the remake of Psycho is a shot for shot remake. Mm-hmm. And that's a pro- that's an art project. <laughs> you know, I mean, a very it's, expensive art. It's a, that's a filmmaker. That's a filmmaker. That's a that's a film school that's assignment. A, that's a fan film. It's a fan film. And if you if if the first Psycho had not existed, it would be an adequate thriller. Mm. But I think that for all that Gus Van Sant is a talented filmmaker. He's not Hitchcock. Oh no! And you can have. It doesn't matter if you reproduce the shot; you can't reproduce the the energy. There's something about a Hitchcock movie, and possibly because he was so awful to his actors on set, <laughs> and how he treated the women, his 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 his, his actresses. That's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I mean, Hitch- Hitchcock is is. It's well documented that Hitchcock was a monster to the leading ladies. I wonder how much of that was an act. Um, to hear some of them tell it, they were terrified of him. Yeah, but I wonder how much of that was an act. I don't know. Was it's hard, well, him putting on? Who knows? But they were legitimately scared of him. Huh. And um, he was it. I think he almost was it. Tippy Hedren, whose career he almost destroyed because she wouldn't play along. I think I heard something um, like that. So I mean, yeah. I mean, but he was also one of those people who he was in a. See, there's just there's a scary thing right now. The when you consider how much in those days the studios and directors had real power, right? That they could make or break a career. That's almost a horror film in itself. Is that you could just be going along trying to do your job mm. as an actor, and someone goes, <laughs> "But I'm just nope. It's over." So I mean, there's something. There's it, a, there's a short film in that. There is a short film in that. Well. Could you imagine someone remaking North by Northwest or Vertigo? No. I mean, it's some of that stuff is rooted in the concept in the time as well. I mean, it comes out of it comes out of the 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 reason some of those films work, especially some of the horror films really work is because of when they were made mm-hmm. and who was cutting new ground. Psycho works because it's legitimately a creepy story. You know, Robert Block is a fantastic writer. Heavily influenced by H.P. Lovecraft. Yes. Um, and he created a really, you know, fascinating character. But there's something about that whole, you know, the first shower scene. You don't see what you think you saw. Mm-hmm. It's it's so, it's it's a very artful. And it's quick, too. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's brutality is, brutality is being a short, scary moment. Yeah. It's really hard to, to take that away from the fact that just how groundbreaking that was for the time in film and so much of that stuff is is when you go back and try and remake some of these things you don't have that we're here cut you know treading new ground mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it's funny i was uh, uh the other day i was talking to a friend of mine we were talking about star trek six mm-hmm. and i just i had just sat and watched it and i was noticing little things mm-hmm. and something that i noticed the very i, I was watching star trek six uh, a week and a half ago mm-hmm. after after resetting the room and you know you got to test the sound system oh, of course that, sure right? sure yeah so i'm watching and i notice for the very first time it hits me that valeris's uniform is wrong she has on her lapel mm-hmm. the 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 shoulder strap is gray. 
mm-hmm. which is operations. Right. Her under tunic, the shirt, mm-hmm. is red. They don't match. And I'd never noticed it before. I, I, I and now I can't unsee it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I noticed it and I'm like, wait a minute. And what they did to Chekhov. Uh, wait. He's a commander. He's been a first officer. He's, wait. Uh, and it started bugging me. Some little things mm-hmm. in, throughout the movie. Just little, little, tiny little sure. things. I was talking with a friend of mine and and, uh, and he asked me, he said, do you, do you ever, can you ever sit and just, I mean, not, 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 you know, vindictively or anything, just right. honest curiosity. Can you, uh, could you ever sit and just enjoy something given what we do as, as journalists, as filmmakers, as writers, mm-hmm. you know, all of this stuff. Cause we, cause we're so steeped in the craft because we do this kind of thing. Right. We, we've done it. And, and I, I hear you talking sometimes about the horror side of things, mm-hmm. you know, the blood and the gore. Sure, yeah. You're looking at the effect. Oh, yeah. Not the effect of the effect. Right. Uh, and and I'm, I'm watching, and there are times where I sit and think, yeah, it'd be really nice if I could just sit and enjoy <laughs> something. You know, just watch it just to watch it, but I can't. Well, and you know what? It's interesting. I actually... For those of you who who I don't know I don't know if I talk about the process at all for when I when I'm reviewing something I actually watch it two or three times. Uh, the reason for me is that at least once in there I want to watch it just for it, mm-hmm. and usually I can I can find you know, whether it's the first time or I'm just watching I'm not taking notes I'm just trying to watch the episode right, and then I'll take it in yeah and then I'll you know and if that's not it where I'm stuck on the analysis part and I you know I'll end up take, starting I'll pick up the notepad and start making notes as it goes so it'll be something that goes oh, I got to write this down. Right. But usually somewhere in those two or three times I'm watching it, there's a time where I can sit there and go, okay, all right, you know, I like this, I don't like this, but I'm doing it as a viewer. Right. Um, it's harder with some things. Dustin and I have a hard time with, with The Walking Dead for that very reason because we've read the comic. And the show currently is at a point we've read the comic story up till this point. We know, I mean, it's a it's a marking point that you can sit there and go, okay, Here's where they are. Here's where they're going to go next. Yeah. yeah. And so it's easy for us to get caught in the analysis part. And also because we spent, you know, a couple of years watching it and going, why is this show so bad? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's harder for us. Sometimes. What you're doing with Fear of the Walking Dead now. Well, the problem with Fear of the Walking Dead is that we were, what we were hoping for was something that doesn't come with this baggage. Yeah. But ended up with just terrible writing. Mm-hmm. And um, oddly enough, the last few episodes of the second season, there were the last the second part of the second season, uh, there were more good episodes than bad, and we were con- kind of confused because we gotten so used to going, "Why is this show written so poorly?" And suddenly it's like, "Hang on, <laughs> they, did they bring in a writer?" <laughs> yeah. So, but in, in all fairness to to the folks who look at it when we're watching this and finding those moments how many times have you watched star trek six though a lot there you go i mean some of that is some of that is just repetition we we watch it enough times we you can catch those moments that you mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily catch just in the free screen. certainly stuff you watch in the theater yeah um it the, the, there are it, little things that you miss that you catch the second time around or the fifth time around or the 45th time around just sure. depending on well and sometimes you're going to the th- you're going to the the theater with your family with your kids yeah. or you know so you have it's a different environment it's like going to it's like watching a baseball game live at the stadium and mm-hmm. watching it at home you know I, <laughs> yeah. I can't watch it at home it drives I, I get bored but I have a great time at the stadium you know yeah James and I went to a baseball game a while back and then suddenly it was over <laughs> oh, the game's over, and and James was like, "The game's over? What? That's it? <laughs> yeah, because you don't have. It's like you say, you don't have all those benchmarks that you get on TV. Mm-hmm. You know, go into the commercial and cut to the break, and it's the two minute warning and whatever right, else, yeah. right? And you have these artificial constructs on the outside mm-hmm. that are dictating your perception of the game, right? I, you know, I wonder how much of that." 
for horror films, I don't know what they, what would be involved in this, but certainly if you look at things like Indiana Jones or or the Star Wars, the original Star Wars films, we had talked about this before, the ten minute rule. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many other movies follow that rule, and if it has an impact. Do you know any? Does would that be a structure that a horror film would benefit from? I don't know. Um, the, the I'd have to take. You don't really think about it in terms of that for horror films. You definitely think of a three a three act story. Mm-hmm. And or on horror, is it is it uh, uh, false scare, false scare, false scare, re scare, uh, real real scare? Yeah, it does, do they do they go in threes? Well, okay, so false so, alarm, false alarm, pa. So horror, uh, well, sometimes I think the problem with horror, and I think it's actually kind of a good problem is that the model for horror keeps shifting, mm. okay? And in many ways, that has benefited the audience because for, you look at the 80s and the 90s and the slasher genre, yeah. you know, the first Halloween inspired dot, dot, dot. You know, Halloween 2, which many people look more as being the beginning of the slasher films because Halloween is a very atmospheric mm-hmm. thriller horror film. It has surprisingly little blood. It's like watching the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You forget how little violence is actually in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, because back in those days, you couldn't show that much without getting an X right. rating. And then, to... but it's but it scared you in mm-hmm. a way that um, if they splashed blood all over the screen, it wouldn't have scared you. Your so. your brain did the heavy lifting. So, but you look at something like that where you had the where you had those where you would set up the. Here are the kids, mm-hmm. and they've come to Camp Crystal Lake, and they're all little sex monsters, and they're you know, and they're clearly going to get all the kids at the camp killed because they're not paying attention to any of the children. And then the second half is you know what you you establish the kids, you establish your final girl, right? And then you start the 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 deaths of the characters you take you through your your winnowing down of the cast and the right. third act of course is your final girl and again you can you can do it with a final boy too but final girls are the, they're the model for the slasher films and the third act is basically you know the two of them squaring off yeah usually with a coda that involves He's not where's the body yeah. you know He's got, you'll be <sighs> you'll be proud of me uh-oh okay so in uh, in my son's video production class, mm-hmm. since it's October, sure, their assignment is a horror film. Okay, yeah. All right, so they had to turn in a script for a horror film last mm-hmm. week. And he turned his in, and then he says, he brings it to me, he says, do you want to read it? Well, sure, I'll read it. So I read it. It's not bad for a first draft. And I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know, this is actually, you know, there's a nugget here mm-hmm. of, a, of a good idea. Sure. There's a nugget. I said, well, why, what if you did this? You take this scene and do this with it and take this and do this with it. And I just went through scene by scene, just broke the whole thing down mm-hmm. and gave him suggestions on everything through the whole thing. And I said, you know, the, the key to a good scary movie is the tension is the build of the tension and he's looking at me like i grew a third head or something he's like how do you know all of this stuff i was like it's it's storytelling it's basic storytelling but with horror and and i actually surprised myself because you know like i said i'm not a big horror fan but i'm looking at what he's got and Mm -hmm. i'm thinking okay well you just change just tweak just Mm -hmm. a little bit through the whole thing and it's like folding origami you know you just you just get it just right so you get the right shape to the story. And it's, and it's I don't know. We'll see. He's supposed to be shooting it tonight. So. Oh, cool. Well, uh, we'll for, see maybe, how that goes. Maybe we can be it. Maybe you can do an interview. <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that, that's actually really cool. Why and did it, you and do that? And it is true because the horror, the, the best horror films are very, okay, let me, let me qualify that. The best really scary horror films. There's mm. a whole subgenre of horror which is meant for you to sit there and scream yeah, and have the girl. The drive-in the theater stuff. Yeah. I mean, the schlock there's, stuff. There, yeah, there's a certain amount of fun to it mm-hmm. that, that is undeniably part of the genre and fans embrace it. Yeah. But if you're really trying to grab somebody and, and you know, make them scared, um, it is all about building tension. It's about See, I got that from Hitchcock. Well, yeah. Well, 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 Hitchcock... There's a reason why Psycho is considered a horror film as well as a thriller. 
And there's a thing where basically if you ratchet up the tension to the point where it feels like you just can't take it anymore, and then you give them a false scare, mm-hmm. and it ratchets it back. And they relax a and, relaxed, and then they hit you. Yeah. And the audience just goes, you know, there's as much as I think it's a god-awful movie, <laughs> The Blair Witch Project, okay? <laughs> it does the, that. The Blair Witch Project... The first one. The first, well, and 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 the and the remake. I mean, the third one. The requel. The requel. Yeah, it's definitely a requel. Um, the idea of giving you that sense of disorientation. Audiences really embraced that with the first one, mm-hmm. and I never did because to oh. me it felt very. It, the amateur hour aspect of it and hey guys it was an incredibly successful film and an all power kudos to the filmmakers but i did not i did not think it was a good film but by the time it gets you to the end if you are invested in that film mm-hmm. the tension is very very high yeah and if you do it right you can hold the audience in the palm of your hand as a filmmaker and just get them so well it's like cloverfield, out. cloverfield kind of tries to do that mm-hmm. and it and it it succeeds up to a certain point in the film, mm-hmm. and then you just completely lose. Wait, why am I watching this movie? <laughs> well, the problem with Cloverfield, I think, for me was more than anything, is we've had the giant monster movie before. Mm-hmm. There were people. There were people. Remember, there were times when people were thinking it was a Godzilla remake. It was an Ameri- another American right, Godzilla right, film. Right. And there's something to be said for trying to play in that sandbox again and do it in a different way. The monster doesn't show up. I mean, we see it in the distance. Mm-hmm. We see the effects of it. We see the, the little parasite things that jump right. off and attack people. That was very interesting and kind of scary and, and, and potentially very unnerving. But once you get into it's there, and it's the, for me, it's the last 15 minutes of the film. Where I'm like, okay, interesting, cool, okay, interesting, okay, Statue of Liberty's head isn't that big. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it never is. If you, any, anytime you see the Statue of Liberty's head in a movie, I want you to bear in mind that the real one is about half the size of what you're seeing on screen. People can't really stand on top of it. Um, Or basically, yeah, I mean, (laughs) X-Men, X-Men, Escape from New York. Um, uh, Superman three, Superman three. It's all just like guys, no, and it's and it's real. The metal is really thin. Do not. <laughs> yeah. If if they were to throw it across the city like they do in Cloverfield, it'd be like this mashed up ball by the time it got there. But anyway, um, if you haven't seen Cloverfield, I'm sorry. There's a spoiler here. See, I don't even remember that happening. I that that the the movie has completely. I I remember. I remember. I saw it. Mm-hmm. I think I actually have a copy of it. Um. But I've never watched it. It's here. an inter, it's an entertaining I, I in the monster film, but it also doesn't. I wasn't does, that entertained. I was kind of bored. It doesn't tread new ground, and I think yeah. that's, I think that's for a lot of people. That's what made it boring yeah. is that it doesn't tread new ground. I think from a from an attempt to do a, it's like doing a Godzilla film from ground level, mm. and I think that that's something to be said for that because for the majority of the people running and screaming. It would be the noise in the distance and the explosion and the thing. You wouldn't know what it was. Right. In the, you know, it, it's, it almost captures what it would, we would think it would look like if something like that happened because you wouldn't know if it was a terrorist attack or, you know, or, it's, or, the, it's the, it's the unknown. Sure. And, but That's you'd the hear these part. noises and, and then you'd see the effects and that would be the creepy part. It's when you, when the, it's when you finally see it, it's there up on the screen, stalking you through Central Park. Apparently on tiptoes because yeah, giant monsters aren't that quiet, um, and then eating people is like okay, hang on, whoa, 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 time out. <laughs> <laughs> so, but that that's when you lose it. But other than that, I was entertained. It's yeah. just, it, but it's it doesn't yeah. have that. It doesn't have that. It doesn't last. No, no, it's 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 not going to be a film. It's it's, it, it's cotton candy horror. It, oh yeah. Well, and the, pro- the problem is, is that giant monster movies often are. No. Because the best horror films, the ones that really get you, the ones that get under your skin, the ones that are, I think, the ones that stick with you the longest are the ones where you could see that happening. Hmm. There's mm-hmm. a part of you that says... What if? What if? So yeah. so your, your Freddy Krueger's coming out of the, your dreams and killing you in your nightmares... 
Um, that's one thing. But going back to Carpenter's Halloween, yeah. that shadowy figure in the distance mm-hmm. who's just standing there staring at you and you don't even know it? Or staring at your kid? Yeah. You know I mean? That's creepy. Uh, session 9. Mm. Highly recommend Session 9. Filmed at an actual uh, mental hospital that was being converted. It's apartments now. Ooh. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to live in an apartment that was for a mental yeah. hospital where people died? <sighs> hmm. Pennsylvania, I think. Anyway, um, great movie. Really, really well done. Um, and very, very disturbing. And the best part about it is that it leaves you with that ambiguous sense that it could be a story about possession. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be a story about a man losing his mind and giving in to the darkest impulses. And that's the stuff that stays with you because it's the human monsters that are yeah. far scarier than uh, the, the psycho killer with the mask. It's like, mm. yeah. unless it's a well, clown, which apparently is, is the, but yeah, the that's, big thing that's now. the big thing now. Yeah. Well, speaking of darkest impulses, we're going to uh, invite you to give in to your darkest impulses. Mm-hmm. Give us your favorite scary movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, your favorite horror film, your favorite science fiction horror film, monster mm-hmm. movie, anything there that you like, uh, you can send us a note, h2o at sci-fi for me.com. Uh, also, uh, we are kind of taking an informal poll. Do you want us to go weekly, continue weekly, or go every other week? Uh, and, uh, of course, you can leave a comment on all of our social media. or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, YouTube, and Tumblr. And Twitch, for those of you who are into video games, we're still, you know, experimenting with that. And uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Hopefully sounding much better than last week. Last week was the actual horror episode. Yes, yes. (laughs) And folks, hey, uh, uh, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. folks at home. Those of you who celebrate. Yeah. And uh, join us again for another episode, I guess, next week until we know otherwise. My name is Jason Hunt. I am Timothy Harvey. And that's going to do it for this episode of H2O on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. 